This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score! Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. My friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Big thanks to Ryan Port for filling in while I was out sick last week. Broadcasting live from the SCORE Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. A regular visitor here on Early Odds is our pal Ryan Horvat, host of BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvat. Usually drops by at least once a month. Last week, uh, he dropped by even when I wasn't here, but we got a lot to break down today. We always start with uh, your Packers and what latest going on with them, but... I want to keep you in a good mood. We're going to push off the Packers conversation for a little bit. You all right with that? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it was a big weekend. I was on this program. I gave out Notre Dame really quickly on the money line against Clemson. I said, Clemson, the biggest frauds in the nation. So let's start (laughs) with the positive, a big win for the Irish. Now, unfortunately, I'll probably be fading them coming up this weekend. But, man, that was a huge win for the program, huge win for Marcus Freeman because this season – I mean, like, let's be honest, look at the quarterback position, the strength of this team, the offensive line running the football. So this is all about the offseason and recruiting. You have to find a quarterback. That's what it all comes down to for Marcus Freeman. I don't care how many more games that they win the rest of the season. That was my Super Bowl. That was my bowl game right there, beating Clemson. I think at some point during every Notre Dame game, we text each other about how trash Drew Pine is and how they need to find someone who is not the worst quarterback in the country right now. And you should be able to do that. At Notre Dame, I think uh, when it's all said and done, though, it won't be a terrible full first season, even though it is not going to meet the expectations that some of the fan base has. We'll get to your college picks coming up. Yeah, last Saturday 
absolutely wild. And uh, maybe there were some surprises in the top four of the college football playoff, which, as we all know, doesn't even matter. Why don't we start with the Bears? It was obvious that this was going to be a dead over team coming up. I mean, we saw a Cowboys game. They go over the total by five touchdowns. This past week against the Dolphins, it goes over the total by more than three touchdowns. It just seems like you've got to lock in some bets. They won't hit forever, but every week, the Bears, now they're going to score offensively because they've unlocked something with fields. They can't stop anybody, so overs are still a play since these numbers are not in the 50s yet at 48 and a half all week with Bears and Lions, and we have to keep playing these fields rushing props. I mean, is there any reason to stop doing this? You just have to keep going back to the well with these, and especially coming up here this weekend, you know, and, and especially until there's a big adjustment with fields. And I was a huge fields fan, obviously at Ohio state. And I love the Luke Getze hire. I feel like I was one of the only people because obviously I've been paying attention the last couple of years while he was in green Bay, working with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers loved him. And now we're seeing, you know, a little bit of fields full potential here. I, I like Mooney, but Mooney's clearly not a number one wide receiver. I don't yeah. know that chase Claypool is, but at least you have that deep threat. Now the teams have to game plan again. So I love that trade, and I love what they're doing. They're stockpiling these picks, so they're going to surround him with weapons here the next couple of years because going into the season, I mean, they even said it. You know, Eberflew said it. Last year was pretty much a redshirt year for Justin Fields. They weren't really going to be able to evaluate anything that was on film because he was running Nagy's offense, which was really built for Andy Dalton. That was That's what was so frustrating. Like, Fields had the potential last year to make plays, but they kept him in the pocket, and they were running an offense that was meant for Andy Dalton. Now we're finally seeing how exciting he could be. And I'm going to continue to play the rushing props. And I know it's a chalky pick this yep. week. I have to play the over, man, especially against a Detroit defense who uh, the numbers are a little skewed now after what happened last week because Aaron Rodgers kept getting in his own way in the red zone. But that's still a terrible defense. They're just a dead over team right now. The Bears are. Bears defense dead last last three weeks in the National Football League defensive yards per play. Six. 6.8, 6.8. A small part of me wonders bringing Goff outside if they're going to do their part. But look at this Bears defense. They should be able to with uh, no issues. And we know that the Lions have the worst defense in the NFL. So uh, until proven otherwise, it certainly seems like a dead over team. And we know the Bears can run the football. Uh, at least you can rely on that. You know, I think we could have a big picture conversation about a team that also resides in the NFC North before we get to your Packers. And I know you bet Vikings earlier in the week. You got north of a touchdown at the Bills. That is obviously not the line now, so we can't really have that conversation. We know the Vikings are going to end up with a great record. They will probably have the one or two seed in the NFC but nobody is buying it. Nobody's a true believer. If you look at all these one-score wins, they are 6-0 and last six weeks in one-score wins. Yeah, all of them one-score games. They make the addition in the division at the tight end position. You know, for a while, it was they, they were jumping out as a fraudulent team, not because of the offense, but because of the defense. I will say that if you're following this team closely and you look at stuff like EPA per play over the last month, 
they're actually trending to be a much better defense than expected. We're seeing this in a couple of spots, for sure with the Seahawks, and the Vikings defense is turning turning it around, but people seem to have it in their head like, no, their defense is terrible. They started off the year that bad, and they're not buying any of this record. And that's a great call right there, especially with Seattle. And that's been the problem. I know we're not talking about Green Bay yet with their defense. You know, we had such high hopes in Green Bay that they were going to be a top 10 unit. But that's a defense like Minnesota's defense and like Seattle's defense that's built to play with leads. The problem for Green Bay, they're not getting out the leads in these games. They're averaging 16 points per game. And those numbers continue to go down. Minnesota can score points. You know, you saw this this past week. Justin Jefferson gets them on the board first. And that's how that defense is built, you know, because you have the two pass rushers. And what a pickup Zadarius Smith was. You see it. They're still double teaming him. He's in the backfield pretty much every other play. He's one of the better pass rushers in the league when he's fully healthy. And it's really a prove-it year for him. So they're getting the best version of hungry Zadarius Smith. The Zadarius Smith you saw year one in Green Bay, not last year when he only played 45 snaps all season long. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'm sold on Minnesota, but I'm not really sold on anybody in the NFC. You look at the Eagles, right? Like, we haven't seen Jalen Hurts win a playoff game yet. We haven't seen him perform in a big spot. What if it's windy game at home? Is he going to be able to push the ball down the field? I love A.J. Brown and all those weapons, and I know they could run the football. What if he has to win a game in the playoffs with his arm? Is he capable of doing that? I know everybody's just done with Tom Brady in the box, but it is Tom Brady. We have no idea who's any good. Seattle's been a fun story, and I love Kenneth Walker and Geno Smith, but I don't know if I fully trust them. San Francisco's the wild card because I love the McCaffrey edition. But we've seen this kind of like, is Jimmy G able to get over the hump and get them to the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl and then beat one of those AFC teams? I'm not quite sure. So I don't know that I'm buying into the Vikings. But I'm not as out as everybody else is on them because they have a solid pass rush. The secondary has gotten better as the years have gone along. And offensively, man, I love the Hawkinson pickup because the thing is, week one, Justin Jefferson torched the Packers. Then he kind of went on a milk carton for the next couple weeks. Didn't catch a touchdown. You know, people were fantasy owners were obviously pissed. But now you're going to see more Justin Jefferson because you're not going to be able, he's not going to see as much attention because you have Hawkinson kind of dominating the middle of the field. You still have Adam Thielen. Delvin Cook's having a great year, and they're using Madison a little bit. You knew it was coming with Minnesota that they were going to be the team to beat in the NFC North because a couple of years ago, year one for Matt Nagy, it was the Bears. And, you know, they kind of went all in with the Khalil Mack move. And then it was Green Bay with Matt LaFleur. Nobody could figure out Matt LaFleur those first couple of years. The reason Minnesota's been terrible the last couple of years isn't because of the talent. especially. And, you know, it isn't because Kirk Cousins stinks because he's pretty solid, man. I think he's a top 15 mm -hmm. quarterback, maybe top 10. It was because Mike Zimmer was crabby and just done with it all. Now Kevin O'Connell gets the job. The offense has been much better, especially on early down. So I don't know that they're good enough to win a Super Bowl, make it to a Super Bowl. But I think, every, I think they're kind of being disrespected, especially in the market. And I did like them getting over a touchdown. And I still do like them if Josh Allen doesn't play in this game. Well, Buffalo's been tight-lipped about that Josh Allen injury, and I'm glad you went there because this has the potential to open up a number of things. The Bills have been a cut above as far as the odds board, and I'm not sure that they should be, but they have been. And the books have been inundated with Bills' liability since the summer. You know, if this is something that could linger, and let's say they want to rest Josh Allen, suddenly the number one seed overall, which was their main focus, getting the Chiefs out of Arrowhead in the postseason, thinking they would be on a collision course. Like Now, all of a sudden, that's up in the air. The MVP race, which is a three-player race between Hurts, Allen, and Mahomes. Mahomes 
now the favorite. That changed earlier this week. AFC East, they have a one-game advantage in the loss column over both the Dolphins and the Jets. There's potential for something there. The Jets earlier this week, they're 20 to 1 and they just beat the Bills and they're one game back in the loss column. AFC over overall, if they have to go on the road in the playoffs, that is not how they prefer it. Best record in the AFC, the Ravens have by far the easiest schedule moving forward and they're off this weekend. This Josh Allen one injury has the potential to open up many different betting markets. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought up the Ravens, actually, because if you look at their defense right now, they're outside the top 10, but I think they're trending towards being a top 10. How how good did Roquan look? How good did Roquan look on Monday? Well, he looked great. And what I love about that is I was a big Patrick Queen fan at LSU and I wanted him in Green Bay. And dude, I mean, if you look at the PFF grades, he hasn't been good this year. He's been all right. They're actually able to play him on every snap, but he's not meant to play every snap. He's kind of a one-trick pony. You want him rushing the quarterback. Now playing alongside Roquan, he's able to do that. Look at their secondary, all those injuries. Now all those guys, they're finally getting healthy. Kyle Hamilton's getting more comfortable. I love him because he's good in coverage. You could cheat, put him in the box, you know, drop extra guys back in coverage. I really like Baltimore. The team, I still think, man, I bought low on Kansas City before the season started just because I love what they did. I mean, I don't love trading Tyree Kill, but if you had to trade Tyree Kill, you bring in MVS. People laughed about that, but it's still a guy that takes the top off a of defense. You have to game plan around. There's your deep threat. Then you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, who runs all the underneath routes. You still have Travis Kelsey, who's not aged, and it's Andy Reid calling plays. And I like the Tony pickup. Who knows? You know, Especially if he's not going to be Tyree Kill, but he could kind of maybe fill sort of that role. And it's a hungry Mahomes, too. You know, everybody's talking about the Bills. My only issue with the Bills, if Josh Allen, let's say Josh Allen's healthy, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to run the football. And he's their leading rusher. And I know, you know, I know that they've made a couple moves. They have backs, man. I like Singletary, to be honest with you. But my only issue with them. They don't seem to like their backs. That's what I find interesting. They draft one every single year. It's like they're constantly looking for something they don't have. Right, and I felt bad for James Cook because he fumbles on his first carry of the season, and and you're like, okay, he's not going to see the rock again. Their problem is early downs. That's the only knock I have on them. Ryan Dable, we're seeing how damn good he is as a play caller, what he's doing with the Giants. Mm -hmm. And now with Ken Dorsey, like, it's always Josh Allen. Like, if you go and watch these games, because everybody's talking about the Bills. I've just been trying to pick apart, like, okay, I don't think they're as good as everybody says they are. Early, it's always Josh Allen having to become Superman on third downs and they converted a 65% rate, which I think league average is what, like 48%. I mean, that's why he's the MVP of the league when healthy, but also he makes some dumb mistakes. I mean, look at that jets game, that turnover in the beginning of the game. And then the pick the sauce Gardner, they kind of like, I felt like he was in his head the rest of the game. Cause he was so upset about it. If he's not healthy or if he is healthy, I still like Kansas city. I mean, I love this bills team. I still have some issues and it's mainly early downs. Like, are you going to be able to convert, 10 third downs in a playoff game, you know, at home against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And Mm -hmm. the AFC is just so loaded. I mean, I know the Dolphins right now are terrible defensively, defensively, but I do like the Bradley Chubb pickup. And it's just so hard to game plan against Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. You could really make the case for five or six teams in the AFC, I think. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, my friend, Ryan Horvat at Ryan Horvat on Twitter. He hosts BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. All right, hit me with two... NFL side you love for tomorrow. All right. I like the Browns a lot. Anything, you know, above three, I like them three and a half, four, whatever's out there. Everybody rags on Jacoby Brissett, 
But the offense hasn't been the problem for Cleveland, man. They're fifth in schedule-adjusted offensive efficiency, and they played a really uh, tough schedule of defenses. Look at the last month, the three weeks uh, in particular, they faced New England, Belichick, Baltimore, who, like we said, is trending in the right direction, and then the Bengals, who are a top-eight unit right now. Two top-eight defenses in there and went healthy. Like we said, I think the Ravens are a top-ten defense. Now they step down in class. They take on Miami, the Dolphins, who we just saw against the Bears last week. They're 27th in efficiency. They couldn't stop the Bears. Justin Fields was very one-dimensional in that game, and they still couldn't stop him on the ground. And that's because they're getting no pressure right now naturally, so they're sending more blitzes, and their secondary has been exposed. They're 23rd in pressure rate right now in the NFL, so they're blitzing at the fourth-highest rate. And because of that poor secondary, like Xavier Howard has not been good this season. I know he's a big name, oh, but he's not a shutdown corner. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah. shell of himself. They don't get after the quarterback. They're giving up the third worst EPA per drop back. And Jacoby this season, if you look at the splits, he's been pretty good against the blitz when teams don't get home on that pressure. The Dolphins play a bunch of man. They play no too high shell, which is where Brissett struggles and most of the quarterbacks in the league struggle. He's got really good splits against man compared to too high shell. Denzel Ward comes back on the defensive side of the ball. And a little nugget, Joe Woods, who I really don't like because Cleveland's defense man has been overhyped and bad, their defensive coordinator. He spent time with Mike, Mike McDaniel. They know each other pretty well. They've worked together, so he knows his offense. I like the Browns a lot, plus three and a half. Uh, the other side that I like quite a bit, and I'm going to be upset because I think they're going to win this game outright, but yet they couldn't beat the Washington Commanders, the New York <laughs> Giants, the New York Jets, uh, or the, you know, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I think Green Bay... At home, I just know how spiteful of a person Rodgers is. He wants this one against McCarthy. LaFleur is going to want this one against McCarthy. And if you look at it, Rodgers has started 121 home games at Lambeau Field, including this week. And this is going to be the first time he's going to be above a field goal underdog. You know, one and two against the spread this season at Lambeau, but he's 20 and 11 against the spread at home since 2019. That's the best mark in the NFL. I think they're going to figure it out. I at least think they keep it close. Anything above four, four and a half. I like Green Bay. I like a little sprinkle on the money line. I'm a little nervous about the defensive side of the ball because they lost their best pass rusher, Rashawn Gary, who already had six sacks this season. Mm -hmm. I just think they're going to run the football. The defense was pretty damn good last week against Detroit. The problem was they couldn't score any points. But Green Bay was driving up and down the field against that Detroit defense. For some reason, they lost their minds. They attempted a pass last week to David Bakhtiari, their tackle in the back of the end zone, which, fine, that sounds like a great trick play when you're up 21-7. to Problem is, David Bakhtiari had an ACL injury two years ago, and he still can't complete four quarters of a football game. He didn't make it through that game. So the play calling's been terrible. LaFleur's regressed. This is the worst version we've ever seen of Rodgers. He's a 38-year-old quarterback with no weapons on the outside. Yet I still think they win this game against the Cowboys, so I'm taking the Packers. All right, I'm with you on the Browns at plus three and a half against Tua. The interesting thing there is that we know what the Browns do. They're going to run the football, and the Dolphins have been pretty good against the run, but they haven't faced an attack like this. Anytime I'm worried about going with the Browns, can the opposition run the ball? They can't. The Dolphins can't run the ball. Now, we need to give them that respect. Aerial Assault is a top two, top three offense. Packers, I'm not surprised you're there. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get there, but I understand the thought process of buying the bottom of the market. It doesn't get worse than going 0 for 4 in the red zone against the worst defense in the Lions. It doesn't get worse than Rodgers throwing three picks and having three fourth down failures, essentially six turnovers in the game 
for Green Bay. I mean, there have been a few times, Horvy, just with Brady and Rodgers and what they have not been able to do this year, kind of like, okay, bounce back. We, we keep hearing it again and again. Oh, they're going to bounce back. This is the last stand. They're going to bounce back. And I know Brady had that game-winning touchdown at the very end last week, but I, I'm starting to wonder, you know what? Are we going to see it? I don't know that there's that that light switch that can be flipped at this stage in the in their careers. They'll be better than the first half of the year, but I don't know if they're suddenly going to turn it on and make a make a big run for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, and Rodgers looks old right now. And the problem with Rodgers is, you know, he's 38 years old and he just this is a shaky offensive line, which he hasn't had to deal with the last couple of years. But Bakhtiari, again, he's been in and out of the lineup. Elton Jenkins, who's coming off an ACL, has been in and out of the lineup. Those are your two all pros. And you lose Devontae Adams, you replace him with nothing. Like I got done talking about Kansas City. They replaced Tyreek Hill with MVS and with Juju Smith-Schuster, at least, and Kadarius Toney. Green Bay replaced Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the league, with the corpse of Sammy Watkins. They have Randall Cobb, who's injured. They have these rookies that they're relying on who they're rookies and they're second round picks, man. It's not like they're not relying on Chris Olave to go out there and make plays. You know, it's Christian Watson who again, hasn't completed four quarters of a football game. He's always injured. And with Brady and the bucks, I'm still not ready to count them out. And I'll tell you why that division. That's why. I'm well, not oh counting yeah. Out Brady yeah. And the bucks. But even I mean, if they win the division, it doesn't mean they're good. It doesn't mean they're going to accomplish anything. But I mean, if they just get in the dance, I oh, mean, God. they're going to, uh, they're going to be scary. I, I don't know. I mean, Brady, I mean, he's skipped a couple passes. There's been times where he hasn't looked good. You know, I think we might see a better version of Brady. I don't know, though, man. This has been a weird year for those two guys. It's just been a weird year in general where we're talking about the Giants and the Jets, you know, as these up-and-coming teams, and Brady and Rodgers look finished. A few more minutes with Ryan Horvat of BetMGM Tonight and the BetQL Network. I'm Joe Ostrowski. You've got early odds Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. Sports Radio 670, the score. All right, Horvy, I'm going to throw a couple of games your way and get your thoughts after you uh, gave me the Browns, which I grew with, and the Packers. I don't know that I can quite get there, but I totally understand your argument. How about let's go with the, the fighting Russell Wilsons. Oh, it's so disgusting. Uh, this Denver defense is elite. And that's something we've got to take a look at. They're one or two in just about everything you want to look at. Defensive yards per play, success rate, EPA per play, DVOA. They are phenomenal, and they are the best against the pass. Not that the Titans have much of a passing game as is. And, and I understand the people that are that get frustrated betting against the Titans because it looks like on paper they should be losing and not covering these games. I was happy to have the Titans in my pocket coming up uh, this past Sunday. The red zone numbers are going to regress. They're still number one in the NFL. We know they can run the ball, but the Broncos, you don't shut down Derrick Henry completely, but they can hold that down a little bit. Like everybody in the world knew that the Titans, the only thing they're going to do is run the ball. And it, and it took the Chiefs like half the game to figure that out, which I didn't quite understand. Even if Tannehill is out there, I still like the Broncos coming off the bye. One pause that I do have is I think Vrabel's a top three coach in this league, and it's Vrabel against your guy Hackett, but I still like the Broncos in this spot, and we've got a game. I'm curious about your explanation here because I know that we're heads up on this one. The Chargers and the Niners 
the Chargers are getting a full touchdown. You don't ever want to bet the Chargers when you're laying points or when you're only getting a couple of points. And when Herbert is getting points like six plus, like he is in this spot, he's a perfect three and oh against the spread. And you don't want the Niners when they're laying points because Kyle Shanahan, even though he's covered these spots of late overall as a favorite at home, it has not been good. I'm curious how it looks. It looks like offensively they're going to have all of their weapons back. But, you know, defensively, when they've been missing a number of these players, kind of flying under the radar, they've been pretty bad, like bottom third. I mean, over the last month, EPA per play, their defense is actually dead last, which is probably surprising to some. And you know Herbert's going to continue to sling it. Ton of injuries on the Chargers side. I just think we've come too far with them getting a, a full touchdown in a travel spot that is not all that bad. So I submit you the Broncos as a dog and the Chargers getting a touchdown on Sunday night football. Ooh, and I, okay, so I'd have to go with the Broncos, and it's going to be ugly because this is the biggest coaching mismatch, oh, I would say, of the yeah. weekend. You know, if you would have asked me a couple months ago, I would have said it maybe Matt LaFleur versus Mike McCarthy. But I don't know. I think those guys are about even right now. I just I'm with you on Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel, he might be the best coach in all. He might be. Let's put it this way. I get a team. I get my pick of the litter. I get to pick anybody in the NFL. I'm taking Vrabel because I get him for the next 20 years, too. Because you notice all these guys off the Belichick tree have been a huge disappointment. Obviously, Matt Patricia, who right now, I mean, teams are calling out the offensive plays before they even go to the line of scrimmage right now, man. But Vrabel's the only guy that has learned under Belichick, takes what he's learned from Belichick, but has added his own twist. That's why I love Kyle Shanahan, because he's taken his dad's offense. He's put in his variation of it. Man, Vrabel is just so damn good. And these teams, like I went under on the Titans, 10 and a half wins. And I was pretty high on the Colts. What a disaster that is. I, I just, I look at this roster. They trade away A.J. Brown, right? And you bring in Robert Woods, who's dealt with ACL injuries. And it's like, how many more seasons are we going to see Derrick Henry carry the ball 28, 30 times per game and be able to literally carry this offense? But they continue to get it done. They don't have any really household names on the defensive side of the ball. I like the pass rush, but like they don't really have anybody, you know, that you know of. The secondary's gotten a little bit better, but they continue to to win these ugly games, and I don't know how. All that said, though, they're a one-dimensional team right now. It's not going to be Tannehill for two to three weeks, but they're so one-dimensional. I just think that Denver will be able to sniff that out and shut that down. So I would probably lean them because I bet San Francisco, and I usually don't run to, run to the window, like you said, to bet the Niners is a touchdown favorite, but I'm pretty high on them moving forward. I like the McCaffrey yeah. pickup, and people were ripping it. They're trading for a 26-year-old running back. Two weeks ago, we see why they traded for a 26-year-old running back because he's also probably their second-best receiver behind Debo and you know maybe Brandon Ayuk. But uh, you know he throws the touchdown pass. He rushes for one. In in that run game with Kyle Shanahan calling the play. I know. That's the scary I, just, part. They're going to be so tough yeah. to stop. I just think they're going to put points on the board. I think this becomes a shootout because, like you said, what's going under the radar is how bad they've been defensively. Mm-hmm. But – also, I was so high on the Chargers coming into the year, man, because of what they did on the defensive side of the ball. And I know they're without Joey Bosa. And I know J.C. Jackson was a huge bust, and he hasn't been healthy. But they've sure. been a disappointment, and especially yep. because you have a defensive-minded head coach. And then your O.C., Joe Lombardi, has been brutal. Like, they are wasting Justin Herbert, and they need to get healthy. No Mike Williams, no oh. Keenan Allen, who's never healthy. I had to go with San Francisco in this spot because I think it's going to be a shootout. And I just think that there's going to be too much offense for this Chargers defense that I overhyped going into the season. Lombardi's got to go. He, he's got yes. to go. I can't believe he's still the OC 
for that team. All right, Horvey, college football today. This is your passion. The people have been waiting. What are your favorite plays? So there's a lot that I like today. I like Wake Forest in a buy low bounce back spot. So you look at this game, right? This is the highest total we've seen all season long in college football. They're taking on North Carolina. And I came on the show last week and I said this about the ACC. There's not really a good team in the ACC. You know how we know that Notre Dame has pretty much beat up on all their best teams. They beat Syracuse. And this is a Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall and that lost to Stanford. Wake Forest these last two weeks, brutal turnover luck. But I really like their quarterback, Sam Hartman. I like their wide receiver, A.P. Perry. They got some big guys on the outside. Hartman's been under a ton of pressure, 11 turnovers the last two weeks, but half of those, just bad luck. The other half, because of he's been under a lot of pressure. Now he's going against the UNC defense that's outside the top 120 and scheduled adjusted havoc. They don't create any pressure, man. Wake Forest defense actually has the edge in this game. I really like this spot. I think Wake Forest bounces back. I think this number should be four and a half, five. And what's crazy is if Wake Forest doesn't lose those games to Louisville and NC State, this spreads eight, maybe eight and a half. Now we're at three, three and a half. So I like Wake Forest a lot. I think the number should be five. I'm betting Navy today. I like that all the way down to plus 15 against Notre Dame. I just think this is the perfect letdown spot. Notre yeah. Dame beats Clemson at home outright. You know, yeah. their dogs in that game. Noon kickoff in Maryland for this game against Navy. You know Notre Dame's strength. It's their offensive line, and it's the rushing attack. Navy's actually really good against the run, and we talked about this earlier. Drew Pine isn't beating anybody with his arm, but this season, Navy's top 15 in stuff rate, opportunity rate, EPA per rush. I don't know how Notre Dame is rushing for 200 yards in this game. Plus, is Notre Dame going to go out there and look to beat up on a service academy team? Service academy teams 40, 22, and 2 against the spread when they're catching more than two touchdowns since 2005, and they cover the number by over five points per game. I think Notre Dame wins the game, but are they blowing anybody out? I don't think so. Uh, the last one, Texas minus seven. Everybody keeps asking, how is a three-loss Texas team, a seven-point favorite, a touchdown favorite over an unbeaten TCU team? TCU is the luckiest team in the country. I said it last week about Clemson. Now that they've lost, it's TCU. Every week, they knock out somebody's starting quarterback. Look, they did it against Kansas State, Kansas, Oklahoma. And now they're the number four team in the country. They finally got their wish. They have a huge target on their back. Their best wide receiver, Quentin Johnston, he had an ankle injury last week. If he plays, he's going to be about 50%, they said. Max Duggan, their quarterback's dealing with a calf injury. And he's finally stepping up in class here. Texas's defense, top five against the run. You could get them through the air, but if their quarterback and their best receiver are hobbled, I don't like this spot. And even though Texas has three losses this year, they could easily be undefeated. They've had some bad luck, and they have the best running back in the country going against a TCU front that's outside the top 80 in defensive line yards. Bijan Robinson's yeah. playing on Sundays, man. He's going to eat 781 mm -hmm. rushing yards this season after first contact. And 73 missed tackles. I love Texas. I think they win by 10. I love it. Good stuff, Horvey. And uh, I'm going to be with you on those. We've seen that Notre Dame spot our entire lives. Ryan Horvat, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvat, BetMGM tonight. Check him out on the BetQL network. Thanks, Horvey. We'll do this again soon. And I guess I'll see you in your stopping grounds of DC in a couple weeks. Yeah, too bad you're not here this weekend for the big Navy Notre Dame game. I'm taking my kids oh. up there. Yeah, yep, you're awesome. coming too late. But hey, I'll, right. I'll show you. I'll show you the ropes around here. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Enjoy it. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski by my name at Joe Ostrowski. Our pal Jim Miller is out of control, guys. Out of control. I seriously have to defend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Justin Fields with this guy. That's next. You've got early odds. Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Back here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, the score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Weekly contributor is Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. We always argue about the NFL as well. How are we doing this Saturday morning, Jim? I'm doing great. I love that you call it an argument. I, th- I call it an open discussion. How about that? Good, good. I I prefer it uh, opposed to the boring. Oh, yeah, that's a good pick. I agree with that one. That makes a lot of sense. It's always how are you going to fade the bears with you? And uh, while people are very excited in the city thinking it's been a perfect scenario, what we've seen happen over the last few weeks, uh, you are pushing back against it. You are out on fields forever. You're done with the whole thing. You can't take the noise. You're set. You just can't be a positive person. I understand. I don't want to say that I'm not being a positive person because I think the one thing the Bears are doing is doing everything perfectly. They're playing games closely and losing. Isn't this what you want? You want higher draft picks? You want to get more draft picks? You want to determine what's going to happen down the line? I'll tell you this, though, Joe. The hype. The hype over last game was crazy. Yes, Fields had a great game on the ground, but isn't mm-hmm. every team going to put a spy in him now the remainder of the way? So that's going to change. Your other two running backs last week were horrible, horrendous. Montgomery and Herbert were not good. Fields with a gigantic game, they still lost. But yeah, Joe, this week, if you want to bet the Bears for worst record in the NFL, you can get 36 oh, to 1. 36 to 1. They're this? one game out of last in the NFC, Joe. We're still on this? 
We're still on this for worst record. The Houston Texans still exist in this National Football League. You're aware of this, right? The Bears are one and a half games behind Houston. Yeah. One and a half. Okay, look at their remaining schedule for the Bears. All right, let's go through the show. Are they going to beat Philly? No. Minnesota? Probably not, but that's not an an outlandish set if it happens. Okay, Buffalo? Probably not. Let's see about Josh Allen's health. Yeah. Okay, Green Bay's already beaten him by 10 this year. Oh, stop with the Green Bay love. You can stop okay. there. That's a different team right now. That's a different te- – you don't think that's a different team than, than who team they face to start the season? It's a team that would still beat the Bears. I think so. I, I want to see what happens, where they are at that stage, because right now it's bad. It's real bad well, there. It is bad. And then and then the Jets are pretty good. Yes. Atlanta's been, Atlanta's been pretty good this year. Yeah, so, I, I like them more than most, yeah. Okay, so that leaves you two games with Detroit, and that's it. Okay, worst record is not five wins. Are they going to beat Detroit twice? No, I'm just saying that they you you don't think they could win two more games. The win total is it's back where we were before the season started at most sports books. It's back at five and a half, the closing number as it went down. So as far as exceeding expectations with the win total, it's not really happening. But I also don't see them being worst record. Yes, they're going to give up thirty plus, but there are some defenses here. Where they're going to score 30 plus, like exactly like we saw last week. I don't think they're going winless the rest of the way. And I think that that's what you would probably need to go to go worst record. Here, I'm going to upset you to start things off here. <laughs> I made a Justin Fields wager. Yes. And I will admit that I am not proud of this. And Bring maybe it. part of it was for the content. There is belief. I will never put money on something where I can't come up with some sort of a scenario. Okay. And I think there is one. Now, it would have to be off the charts. It would have to be a continuation of what we witnessed last week. But here we are with the Lions, worst defense in the NFL. Falcons, second or third worst in the NFL in neutral conditions. And who was the NFL talking about? It's not just this city. It's just just not 670, the score, talking about how great Justin Fields is. It's the entire league taking notice. So here's the wager I I made. He cannot win the MVP. Not this year. No, there, there's no team success, right? And that's going to be. I would have stopped you there. Held yes. against them. No, of course not. Of course not. But you have to take the odds into account, and this current number is no longer available. Did I move the number? Maybe I moved the number. Maybe I did because minutes after I made this bet and talked about it on BetQL Daily, the line moved a whole lot. I bet Justin Fields to be the NFL's Offensive Player of the Year, an award that doesn't have any clear-cut criteria at all. They don't even know what they're doing with the odds. It's like, uh, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. What if he breaks all sorts of records? He broke Michael Vick's records last week. I think Justin Fields, barring health, is going to break the rushing yards record for quarterbacks in a season, especially since we have that extra game. I got Jim... (laughs) 500 to 1. 500 okay. to 1. Okay, okay, okay. I'll stop laughing at you. 500 to 1. I will not. I would not yeah. bet it at the current number of the best I see is 200 to 1. I would not bet it at that, but at 500 to 1, I had to. 500 to 1. Yes. All right, so let me ask you this. To get to that, what do they need to do the rest of the way? You look through the remaining games. They have eight games left. They, what, what would they have to do? Five and three? And he'd have to be exceptional? If you can get to eight wins on the season, that would be fine. But if he's setting records, if he's a big story, 
if you take the passing and rushing around 300 yards, I'm saying combined because you're going to say he's not going to pass for many, and you're probably right. Now, if he doesn't do it this week, I don't know if it, if it's ever going to happen, uh, right? If you can't do it against this Lions secondary, he's been firing assistant coaches in the first half of the season. But if they can be close to 500, because I don't know if you can give the offensive player of the year to a team that only has four or five wins, but he continues to be a big story, the clear breakout quarterback of his class. It's a major market. People love highlights. If he continues to, like I mentioned, rush for over 100 yards, which isn't crazy. I can't believe that they posted the rushing total in the 50s this week. Everybody's going to bet the over. Let's see if it happens once again. I think it's about breaking records. And the Chicago Bears, for the first time ever, having a franchise quarterback, which seems like you're pushing up against. You know me, I'm as pessimistic as they come when it comes to the Bears. But... (laughs) But they have the best quarterback I've ever seen right now. He's five and thirteen as a starter, Joe. Fine, fine. Yeah, uh, you're gonna count. Okay. Na- you're gonna count the Nagy year. Uh, Mitch Trubisky had a winning him? record under Nagy. I don't. I, come on, man. Trubisky, <laughs> All right, here. All compare right, the go, defenses let's... that Mitch Trubisky had versus the one that Fields had, and how this Matt Nagy regressed year, the guy as that a play the caller. Bears sack record. They they also just traded away their best defensive players. Like, why is it Justin Fields' fault that the defense gave up 35 points? You can't it's hold that his, against them. It's not his fault, but it has to be a little bit of his fault that they're three and six this year, also. And then the but first month the for sure. The first month. The, yes. All right. All right. Here's the question. So you're saying to win this bet, Justin Fields needs to be 2019 Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Right? 2019 Lamar Jackson ran. Well, better. Better than 100 yards. Yeah, yeah, he's got to break okay, that so, record for sure. He's got smash. And so F- Fields is at 600 right now. Right, halfway there, halfway through okay, the season. So he's halfway there with one game that had 176 yards. Right, right. Okay, so in eight games, you're in eight games. You're saying he's got to average 75 yards a game over the next eight games. He okay. also what? He also wasn't rushing the first month. Correct. But if he's going to be running like that now, is he going to survive eight more games? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. So that's, but th- that's, but that's the that's, first question. That's the risk you take. That's okay. I'm just saying the ceiling is there <laughs> for him to do that. And there's a half a year of football left. That That's okay. my argument. And it's a crazy number. Yeah. And then here, right. And then here's your second question though. His completion percentage right now is 58.8%. Okay. Lamar Jackson in 2019 was a 66% completion rate for 3,100 yards. All right, Justin's projected for playing a game more to throw for about 2,500 yards. Mm-hmm. Man, hey, if you're right, this town is going to be going crazy. Here's oh, the thing. Is. I can't completely fault you because of your odds is. 500 to 1. Right. But they're going crazy already. They're yeah. going crazy, and they've lost the last two games. They lost by 20 to Dallas, and everybody was like, oh, the offense was great. They lost the game last week where if – Miami's kicker can make a 29-yard field goal at the end of the half, and Tua can make a four-yard throw in the fourth quarter. They mm-hmm. probably lose by two scores. That's the thing that makes me just not so sure about this team just yet. Maybe next year when they load up with picks and that, I love love what Ryan Poles is doing. They're just not there yet. Gotcha. Uh, and I, I think most people would agree they're losing games, and nobody cares. 
because we think we got a quarterback and it's a lot easier if you can go figure everything else out once you have that quarterback and he's on that rookie deal. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score with weekly contributor Jim Miller. He hates my Justin Fields 500 to 1 wager. He says I just flushed money down the toilet. And I started it by saying I, I hate this bet. It's probably not going to win. If but you, you know 10 what? Bucks at 500 to 1, fine. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope it continues through this weekend uh, over the next couple of weeks. That's the other part of it. Before Detroit, Atlanta. I thought that number was wrong. But anyways, uh, you've got some bets that you want to uh, take a look at in NFL statistical categories. And we're going to start in the backfield, rushing touchdown leader. Your leader at the moment, Nick Chubb. Number two, Derrick Henry, only one rushing touchdown back. Jamal Williams of the Lions, which could be surprising to some, is third on that list. And guess what? That's the order in the odds board. Chubb plus 225, Henry plus 250, Jamal Williams plus 750. All right, let's talk through Jamal Williams real quickly at 750. You get two games with the Bears, so he should get some opportunities there. You get a game against the Jags. You get a game against the Panthers. So there's four games with opportunities there. And then you still have Giants, Bills, Vikings, Jets. There are opportunities for Williams to continue getting touchdowns. He could be looking at a touchdown a game. He could be sitting around that 17 number. The question is, you have to determine if 17 is good enough to win. It may or may not be. Nick Chubb might might have this, but at seven and a half to one, I didn't think that was a terrible number on Jamal Williams, just based on who Detroit has left to play. Oh, is Swift ever going to be healthy? Like we've been hearing for a month, he's close, he's close already. He's going to start to play, but it's going to be limited work. I don't know that he's ever going to be out there getting. And it's not going to be goal line work for him. Right. He's a vulture. You're right. Jamal Williams is certainly a vulture. Let's move on to receiving touchdown leader. Three-way tie atop the board with seven scores. We've got Kelsey, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs have each played eight games. They've each scored seven touchdowns, and those are your top three on on the odds board. Uh, What are you thinking? What about Cooper Cup? He's one back. He's got six touchdowns. If this team is going to make any type of a run, Cooper Cup's going to have to be the guy that's scoring. He's six to one right now. So that's where I thought there was a little bit of potential at some value there for a guy that we know was exceptional last year. We know that he can go off. He can have a three-touchdown game any week. Uh I thought he provided a little value at six to one. Well, Cooper Cup, he's going to get the looks. I was uh, impressed that he was out there on the field last week. Uh, There's nowhere else to go in that offense. You you have one guy, and he's not the target hog that he was last season. Uh, Tyreek Hill has has taken over that role, but he's number two. He already has 93 targets just halfway through the season. So Cooper Cup for receiving touchdowns. Okay, so you're living in that 6-7-1 to range. And then uh, you had a thought on receiving yards leader right now, Tyreek Hill having a somewhat comfortable lead at just over 1100 second, Justin Jefferson at 867. Where are we going, Jim? Well, Jefferson was the one that I thought might be at least worth a look. He's played one less game than Tyreek Hill. And you look, Hill still has Jalen Waddle, who's been the touchdown vulture, at least for receiving touchdowns over there in Miami. But Jefferson 
He's averaging 108 yards a game. Hill is averaging 122. If those even out, that's a number that could tighten up a little bit. You're getting four to one on Jefferson. Again, you bring Cup back into the mix, who's not too far back. He's still at six to one, again, playing one less game. I thought those were two guys that at least everybody's following Tyreek Hill, but I thought these other two guys both had potential at better prices. Let me guess, Jim, you're on the Lions plus three. I am. <laughs> did I did am you take him sure. in our contest? Did you do that? I did. Did you? Okay. I, I did. I'm not surprised. They just beat the pack. And here's the other thing, too. We talk about how terrible the Lions defense is. And Aaron Rodgers was not good last week. But the Lions defense also played much better. So you tend to wonder if they're nah. going to start to figure things out just a little bit. No, they're not. They they stink. Their defense stinks. They should have allowed a lot more points. But that was red zone turnovers from Rodgers. Their, their defense is still horrendous. God, are they bad? Dan Campbell. I can't wait to watch. Remember, remember the weekend. coach of the year odds. Everybody betting that in the offseason <laughs> yes. after watching Hard Knocks. Well, and that's the killer face. for any odds. Oh. Any odds on any Hard Knocks team is brutal. All right, with turn coach Jim Miller, I'm Joe Ostrowski. <laughs> this is early odds. <laughs> Jim, we always uh, close with the horses. What are we thinking? Well, we'll make everybody happy to close out the show. There's three horses at Hawthorne that I really like on Saturday's card. Race one, bet the six, stars on fire across the board. Turf race, speedy youngster there. Race four, bet the six, power through across the board. Another speedster on the grass. And then race six, bet the seven, Cat Royale across the board. This is a horse debuting in a stake that could be pretty tough. Good stuff, Jim. I mean, this college stuff is crazy. At one point, we were talking about three SEC teams making it. That's clearly not happening. They put TCU in the top four on the Ugh. playoff show the other day. Uh, the results today are going to be fascinating, right? It's going to be fascinating, and there's still some very good matchups to come over the course. And then when you get championship yeah. games, it's going to make it very tough, I think, on the committee when all said and done. You're out, Bama. You're out. I don't Please, think any I hope so. Oh, they're done. They're done. Uh, thank you, Jim. Enjoy it all over the weekend, and we'll talk again next Saturday, okay? You got it. Good luck. Go Lions. Unreal. Out the door with the Go Lions. He's put me in a position where I'm defending the Bears. Am I a child again? Inside the clubhouse is next. You can bet on landing spots for free agents. And the Cubs are favored to sign Carlos Correa, the second favorite for Dansby Swanson. Interesting. A bunch of NFL games tomorrow that I didn't have time to discuss, but we get three hours tomorrow on BetMGM Game Day with my co-hosts Jason LaConfora and Devin Caney. The fun starts at 7 a.m. here on The Score. Cash those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.